Welcome to SVCC Weekly, a weekly podcast from Sangman Valley Christian Center in Muhammad, Illinois. We hope you enjoy this message from our church, and be sure to check us out online at www.sangmanvalley.net. All the way to the end of the Bible and go back, we'll be in 1 John chapter 5 uh, for a little bit this morning. Last week we had our missionaries with us from Jamaica, and uh, so we took a little break from the series we're in, but now we'll be continuing on uh, our series looking at what does it mean to put the kingdom of God first. Matthew tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And so we're looking at what does it mean to put the kingdom of God first? Uh, We looked at scripture and how scripture should be authoritative for our life today. We need to be memorizing really and meditating scripture, getting it down inside of us. And uh, many of you I know do that. You read scripture regularly. You try to memorize it and keep trying. Uh, As Dustin said, you need sometimes those disciplines, that time management to help make it uh, a little more productive maybe in your life and memorizing it, but it will make a difference. Today we're going to look at prayer. Uh, that we need to be seeking the kingdom of God first through prayer. Uh, Really, we're going through four things, and we're on the second of four uh, that are really unchanging values for the church. Really unchanging values for the church, unchanging values for the kingdom of God. That scripture being one of those, uh, that every church out there that really believes Jesus is Lord uh, should have a high view of scripture. And so no matter what we do here as a church, we have a high view of scripture. Also, we will put prayer First, And so uh, today we're going to go through looking uh, at prayer. We've studied prayer many different times through the years, uh, and so we won't go into great detail today. But if you remember one of the definitions, probably most basic definitions for prayer that, that we can, can think of uh, is that prayer is just communication with God. There's different types of prayer, thanksgiving, uh, requests, making requests, asking God. We're going to look more at that one specifically today. But in general, it is just communication with God, talking with God. Pretty pretty simple uh, definition. But here in John, uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, here in the sense of asking prayer, request petitions, uh, John gives us some instruction. First John 5.14 says this, and this is the confidence that we have towards him, him being Jesus, God, if, if, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that have asked of him. You'll see it up on the screen, and I don't always throw the verses up because I want you to bring your Bibles with you or at minimum your phone and be familiar with the Bible app on your phone. But once in a while, it kind of helps us point out some words as we're studying a certain passage. And so I've done that for you this morning, a few different phrases I want us to focus in on in regards to what is Paul saying here? If you ask, God hears us, and if he hears us, If he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request. Now, some people, and you've heard me probably refer to this before, they they think this means, well, I can ask anything and I'm going to get it. There are some groups that teach that. But let's focus a little bit more in on what this passage is saying. It says, and this is the confidence that we have. This is the confidence that we have towards him. 
the confidence. In other words, I believe this is really best in saying this is the boldness that we can have, the boldness to approach God through Jesus, the Son of God, what he's done for us. We have boldness that we can come and ask. We can bring our requests to God because we have both access to him through what Jesus has done. We also have that fellowship with him through what Jesus has done. Fellowship is different than just access to somebody. Fellowship implies that there's this ongoing relationship, this maybe intimacy that you have. We have confidence. We have boldness that we can go to God, that we have access to him, that we can have fellowship with him. That's why prayer, the definition of communication is so appropriate because you're communicating with him just as you would anyone else that you are close with. And you can have confidence in that, that you can approach him and that you can have that fellowship through Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. The next line there, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's an important line to remember, that it's according to his will. Not come and ask just whatever you want. Now, I think it's okay in general when you're praying to come and there's prayers of lament before God that pouring out your heart, that those times where we ask, God, why? You read through the Psalms, and David does that. The psalmists do that. I think that's okay. But here, when we're coming with those petitioning, those asking for God to move on our behalf, to move on our friend's behalf, the important thing, I think, for us to remember is that it's to be according to his will. According to his will. doesn't say if we ask anything, he hears, but, but it does say, God hears if we ask according to his will. So it's not just asking anything. It's asking according to his will. And he says yes to that. He says yes if we ask according to his will. It's kind of like this. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Do you know the Lord's Prayer? Most of you probably do, at least in part. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. When Jesus' disciples came and asked how to pray, that's how we taught them. Pray for the will of God to come and be done. Now, this is also a little different. Sometimes people, you've heard it. We've all probably prayed it. I know I have. Lord, if it is your will, come and let it be done. We don't necessarily see that as the model of how to pray. Jesus' model is you pray for the will of God to come and be done. Not this, if it is your will. It tells me that we also should be getting to know God well enough, studying his word, that we do know what his will is so that we can pray it. What is your will? Sometimes we do try to explain the, the verses away by our experiences. We look at scripture and we say, well, this doesn't always align. It says God will hear, heal people. and We don't see it the way we think we should. And so we're going to just try to come up with a way around that. But no, if scripture tells us that God heals people, then we truly need to stand on that, believe that. Is it okay that we have questions? Yes. Is it okay we have prayers of lament when we don't see it? Yes. But if scripture tells us that, then we need to stand upon that. I think clearly the principle here in 1 John, and John really writes on this in several different sections of scripture, the clear principle is that that is, our prayer is going to be accomplished when we pray God's will. He says that a few other times throughout Scripture, in 1 John 3.22, if you just go back a little bit, 
says it like this. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Now here it says it's because we keep his commandment and do what pleases him. John 14, 13 says, whatever you ask in my name, and this is Jesus speaking, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John's not the only one who, who mentions that. Mark eleven twenty four. He also uses the same language. It says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I think First John here makes it clear, though, how we're to pray. Pray according to God's will. I think that's probably the easiest way for us to remember it. Pray according to God's will. We could also say it like this. Don't pray according to your will. Maybe that's part of what John here is, is teaching, what this letter is teaching us is don't pray according to your will. Pray according to God's will. You do know those sometimes are different. Sometimes they're different. We want to go one way and we shouldn't. Sometimes our will is formed based on the world we're in. The family structure even we're part of, the, the neighbors we have, the friends we have, and yet when we come to God with requests, we're not to pray according to our will or the will that we see from others. We're to pray according to God's will. Pray according to God's will. Sometimes we don't do that. An example, maybe this is a little far out there, but as kids, and I know I do it often, I've seen my sisters do it often, and now with my sister's kids, I see them do it. Um, mom and dad sometimes have different wills, and kids are really good at figuring that out. Right? Me growing up, I want to go hang out with a friend after church. Mom, can I go do that? No, you need to clean your room. You need to do this. You need to do that. Well, dad said I could. Oh, well, if dad said you could, then you go to dad, right? And you say, hey, dad, can I go hang out with a friend? Mom said I could. If you said I could, you don't fill in all the rest of the information. Hopefully the older kids are downstairs and I'm not giving them hints. Right? Sometimes there are different wills. Children often have a different will than what the child or than the parent does. As a parent, your job is to teach them to go the right way, teach them to be obedient. When we pray, it's part of God also trying to form us that we become more and more like him. That when we pray, we say, what's the will of God here? Let's, let's pray it. And there are some things as we study scriptures, you read through scripture that become clear what the will of God is. I'll mention a few of those in more detail as we conclude uh, this morning, but we're not there yet. So one question we often have. Why do we not always see the results of our prayers? Right? If you've been serving God long enough, you have asked him that question, I am sure. Maybe not out loud, because maybe you've been part of a group that has told you, oh, no, you can't ask that. But if you've been serving God long enough, I can pretty much guarantee you have asked that question at some point in time. Maybe you haven't phrased it quite that way, but in some way you've asked, why do we not always see the results of our prayers? I think one example comes from Scripture, and that is in the book of Daniel. If you want to go there, you, I'm going to read a few uh, passages. Daniel, in 
towards the end of his life, he was receiving many different visions, different things that came to pass decades long after he had gone. But here in Daniel 10, we, we have an example. We have an example of what's happening. Back Daniel 10, starting at verse 1, says it like this. It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Besajazar. You try to say that. The message, he, under, he understood it and had understanding of the vision. But it wasn't for that time. It was for a, another time. The ESV version of the Bible, depending on what translation you use it, it, it says it like this. It says, and the word was true, and it was a great conflict. I don't know if it means the conflict that was to come or the conflict in Daniel receiving the message. Because Daniel's giving us a little heading here, and then he's going to explain what happened. And what happened is a big conflict. If you continue to, to read down, and I'm going to have you jump down. I'm not going to read all the story to you, but a man ends up coming to Daniel, a man in, uh, in linen, a man in linen that is kind of that picture of an angelic being a supernatural, being an angel probably, um, that comes to Daniel. And these are the words that he says to him. He says, then, then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, from, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God. Your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. Daniel, it makes clear here as the messenger is speaking to him, that Daniel had been praying, seeking God, for how many days? 21. 21 days. Some of you are probably thinking, well, I've been praying for 10 years. And some of you probably have about things for family, for friends. But Daniel, he's waiting 21 days. A few interesting things about this story. The messenger, when Daniel starts praying, is sent right away. There's not a delay. The messenger is sent right away, and yet there is something that, that happens. Daniel's positioned himself correctly. He's seeking God. He's, he's humbled himself. His heart's in the right place before God. His words are heard by God. And the messenger has come because of that heart, because of those words. And yet, it was delayed. Why was it delayed? Well, I believe it's because of this spiritual battle that was happening, this unseen battle. In fact, when it refers to the prince of the, the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Daniel was waiting 21 days because of this battle that happened. I think these battles God has allowed to happen for a time. There's a day coming where that's not going to happen anymore. But I think even today, some of these spiritual battles are still happening that we don't always have view of. Now, some may say the prince of the kingdom of Persia is not a spiritual angel of, of some kind that withstood him. Not a fallen angel, as many would probably call him. And that may be. It may be that Satan, the enemy, was at work behind an actual person. We know that happens 
We see it happen still today. But here, Daniel, as he's waiting for this messenger to come, as he sought God, the messenger is delayed because of this battle that's happened. The interesting thing is, is how is the battle won? Well, Daniel's continuing to pray. So is that probably part of it? Yes. But God sends a stronger messenger, Michael. Now, many would say that this is probably the Michael who is the archangel, who's that strong, higher-ranking angel, maybe some would say. Now, let me put this caveat on here, since I'm talking about battles and angels. Sometimes people get a little weird, and in fact, Paul, I think, corrects this in some of his writing, and people start thinking, let's pray to angels. We don't see Daniel praying to angels here, so please, don't go there. Does God use angels? Yes, just like he uses us sometimes. There's, there's those angels that God are using for different reasons. It doesn't mean you go to pray to them, but it is showing us here that there's this battle that happens. And finally, there's this, what we would probably call a breakthrough. And a stronger angel or a stronger one comes, Michael. One of the chief princes came to help. And so this message then comes through. I think that's why we oftentimes don't see the results of our prayer, is there's a battle that is still happening. Doesn't mean that we give up. It means we continue to seek God, pray according to his will according to his will, knowing that God's already really, just as he did with Daniel, the messenger was sent immediately. The request has been granted, although the request hasn't always been received. I think sometimes when we pray, it's that way. The request is granted, it's just not always yet, the result isn't yet received on our end. Daniel's prayer and the answer which came with the man in linen were for a period long after Daniel's life long after Daniel's life, which I think tells us something else about prayer for, for many of us to remember. In fact, I was up at the funeral for Pastor Jim McGuire's mom this weekend, and he referenced it in, in his eulogy and his, his message about his mom. He, he said his mother was a prayer warrior. We know many of you are that way. Many of you have grandparents, parents that were that way. And one thing that he referenced, and I think it's true, I think Daniel illustrates this as well as elsewhere in Scripture, is that those prayers can continue long after someone has gone to be with the Lord. That those prayers go on into future generations from time to time. In fact, really, the early days of the people of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, kind of model that. The promise to Abraham models that, a promise that wasn't received for many generations. And yet even that blessing, that blessing in the sense of, I believe, a prayer, prophetic, even declaration over Jacob's children in particular in Genesis 27, was not received for years later. And yet the prayer on his deathbed eventually came to pass. I think the same thing happens today. When parents, grandparents pray, I don't think it's like someone dies and it's like, eh, their prayers are null and void. I think it's true that there is a continuation of what they have asked God when they pray according to his will. That's why the book of Hebrews can talk about the promises that were not quite yet 
received and were received in many generations later. God allows things to be set in place that we don't always fully receive until years later. That tells me keep praying. Keep praying. It also, as Pastor Jim was talking about, really is comforting knowing for those of you that have lost a parent, lost a loved one, that the prayers they prayed for you, it's not like, again, they're null and void. There's still a working out of them that may be happening in your life. As we come to a conclusion today, I just want to point out a few things that I would say as we pray are the will of God. If you go to James chapter 5 and down to verse 13, we're to pray according to his will, knowing he hears us and we will receive it. James 5.13, I think, gives us a clue of what is some of the will of God. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him deal with it. Oh, wait, no, that's not what it says. If any among you is suffering, too bad. No, it doesn't say that. If it's any among you suffering, what does it say to do? Let him pray. Let him pray. That tells me that there's suffering that's going to happen. Scripture, in fact, tells us, especially for believers, that we are going to suffer. We can look to the cross and how much Jesus suffered. That doesn't mean that's, although it's allowed, that's what was intended. In fact, it tells us right here, if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. Seek God for strength to get through it, strength for it maybe to disappear. I don't know. But I know either way, it says, let him pray. It goes on, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is any among you sick? Too bad. No, it doesn't say that either. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. It's always interesting to me when we're talking about the sick that oftentimes, and even with prayer, forgiveness is tied into it. Forgiveness that you need to have for another, as well as the forgiveness that many need to receive from Jesus. Those two are always Again, closely tied together in Scripture. I don't believe that means that because someone is sick, there's unforgiveness. Some may rush to that conclusion that every sickness then is unforgiveness. That's not what it's saying. But it does tell us from time to time that that is a question that needs to be asked. Is there unforgiveness? And I think we look at that in two parts. Unforgiveness that you have for someone else. And really, ultimately, do you have that confidence in the Lord? You, have you received the forgiveness that God has granted to all of us? Doesn't mean every time there's sickness, that's the case. Jesus even tells us that. It goes on. It says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. It's amazing that our prayers can make a difference. I think, again, both now as well as generations later. 
do we approach God, communicate with God in that way? Knowing that if we pray according to his will, he hears it. And we're going to receive it. Do we pray that way? I think we should. If anyone's suffering, it's interesting to me. It also says, let him pray. If you're suffering, start praying. Start praying, asking God to give you strength through it. Now, when it says when someone is sick, what are they to do? Call for others to pray. Call for others to pray. So don't just put off, eh, I shouldn't be praying. Or, eh, I don't need to let others pray. No. If you're suffering, you're going through something, start praying. But also ask others to come and pray alongside you. It's part of why we've switched to using this realm system you hear us refer to from time to time as a church. Because it allows you to get on and post a request for others to pray immediately. Immediately. You can get on there and check and read the prayer requests. Some of you have it said, I know, where it pops up on your phone. That's great. Some of you, it's easier to get an email. That's fine, too. As we conclude with a song this morning, if there is something you're going through, maybe it's not suffering like what we see happened with Paul, who was beaten just short of losing his life. But there is suffering that, that happens in our world. There's sometimes suffering because of what we would call natural consequences. Well, God's grace even covers those. So we come before God and say, God, strengthen me. Do you need healing? Ask for someone around you to pray for you, lay hands on you. Jim, one of our elders, is sitting right in the back here. You can go sit right in front of him. Say, will you pray for me? Pastor Brent's right up here. Pastor Jerry's in the center. They're kind of spread out, some of our pastors, some of our elders. Grab them. They'll pray for you. Just the service is going on as we conclude. Thank you for listening to SBCC Weekly. We hope you'll subscribe to this podcast as well as give us a like. You can visit us again online at www.sangamonvalley.net.